When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet Following the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption And the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality Coming to you from the Great White North And his studio beneath the stairs Here's Richard And welcome once again to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks, as always, for sticking me in your ear. Should we really trust big pharma, agribusinesses, factory farms, the fossil fuel industry, or the government with our safety? We live in a world filled with plastics, heavy metals, food preservatives, processed foods, genetically modified organisms, drugs, ointments, medications, electromagnetic frequencies, radiation, treated water, and all manner of substances alleged to make our modern lives easier. But are the chemicals we encounter, ingest and breathe necessarily harmless? That's where we're headed in uh, over the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, Marie Jones has a, a new book out. It's called Toxin Nation, The Poisoning of Our Air, Water, Food and Bodies. And Marie is the best-selling author of over 25 nonfiction books, as well as several novels, short stories, anthologies, novellas. She also has her own line of journals and an Etsy gift shop called Attitudinals. She's an, she has an extensive background in journalism, metaphysics, new science, ufology, conspiracy theories, cutting-edge science, and the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And has worked as a field investigator for MUFON uh, in Los Angeles and San Diego in the 80s and 90s, and as a researcher, writer, Uh, for the uh, Center for UFO Studies. She's appeared on the History Channel, Ancient Aliens, and Nostradamus Effect. And uh, she's uh, been interviewed on over 2,000 radio shows and podcasts all over the world, including, of course, Coast to Coast AM, and uh, Whitley Streeper's Dreamland, The X-Zone, The Shirley MacLaine Show, and uh, more. Marie Jones, welcome back. How are you? It's been a while. I know. It's good to be back talking to you. It has been a while. I of course, also, lately, I don't have much of a, a sense of time because <laughs> I work full time at home writing. And, dur- you know, during the whole COVID lockdown, time just became non-existent. It's true. I think a lot of people, we just were, you know, what day is it? Everybody, what day is it? So, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, I learned something new about you when I cracked open uh, my copy of Toxin Nation. I didn't know you're a fully trained disaster response preparedness member uh, 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 I guess it's called the Community Emergency Response Team, CERT. I didn't know that. Yeah. So actually, my training started 30 years ago. I worked at Warner Brothers Records in Los Angeles. And the Warner Brothers were known for supporting, uh, because of, of, we were in Burbank and there were a lot of earthquakes. Um, and they were known for supporting getting employees trained in disaster preparedness. And, and so I signed up thinking, oh, it'll be cool. I get to step away from my desk. And it was very intensive. We worked with Burbank Fire and Police. We did 
everything. We worked on sound stages where we had to pretend to be injured people. You know, we did everything from first aid to triage to, you know, being lifted out of helicopters and, and uh, disaster assessment. And I really got hooked on it. And so when I moved to San Diego, um, I did some Red Cross training and I'm still active with them. And then I discovered CERT, which was at the time through FEMA and now is, believe it or not, through Department of Homeland Security. They're the ones who sort of oversee the training. And it's done just about every city in um, the United States has a CERT team or teams. Like here, I live in San Diego. And we have probably 30 different CERT teams, depending on what part of the county. And you're normally you're trained through your local fire department. So I got to go, you know, for a 10 week intensive training. And then quarterly, we have to continue to train. I also became an amateur radio operator. Mm. Haven't used that a lot. Um, and so I have a training coming up in two weeks and I had one a couple of weeks ago on earthquakes and yeah, I don't know why I just really got kind of, I think because when my son was small, he, he was disabled and I always felt like we had wildfires here in San Diego that we were evacuating from all the time. And I always felt very vulnerable when I lived in LA, I felt very vulnerable from the earthquakes because at the time um, I wore glasses and during one of the major earthquakes, my glasses vanished. They, you know, took off across the room and I was practically legally blind. So just those little vul vulnerabilities got me thinking, I really want to know what to do to save my own butt, my families, and then also my neighbors, because most people don't have a clue. It's it's interesting because on I I have a daily afternoon show on another on a radio station and uh, every Monday I have an emergency preparedness expert on uh, talking about you know how to communicate when the when the power goes out and using oh, yeah. ham radios and yeah uh, or you know in a breakdown in in civil order and how to you know yes, how to create communities <laughs> and food co-ops and all of yeah. these things it's so it's so important. It really is. And we had a grid failure in Arizona and Southern California. Um, it was quite a while ago. I think it was 2011. And uh, the power was out for millions of people. And I am one of my neighbors who is an ex-Marine had ham radios. We had them on and we were able to find it. We thought it was a terrorist attack, but we were able to find out that it was human error. One little human error tripped that entire grid system. And I think it was down for almost 16 hours. But with the ham radio, we were able to get the um, SDG&E and the Arizona Gas and Electric comms going back and forth yeah. and tell everybody it's not a terrorist attack. Um, it's just a huge passion of mine. And I did write a book, a disaster manual, a disaster survival, survival manual. And uh, it's just something I've always really loved. Just finding out, you know, what can you do and, and how can I help other people and to not be intimidated. Uh, there's a lot of things going on now that people need to be prepared for, you know, not just natural disasters, but geopolitical issues. Yes. And uh, people just are not prepared. They're no. just not. No, but but a lot of people are, there's, there's <laughs> almost this 
new sort of getting back to the land movement that's happening and people yes. are, are getting out of big cities, maybe because they're concerned yeah. about off the grid. or crime, getting off the grid, eating clean, growing their own food, which is difficult, right? Because, you know, it, we're going to talk about toxins because it's, it's, it's in the, you can, you can grow, you know, organic food in your little garden patch, but the soil has yes. contaminants and the air yeah. and so exactly. forth. It's, but let's talk about what's in the food. And this is something obviously you address in Toxin Nation. And uh, that is, you know, the food additives <laughs> and so forth. You know, we, it, how do you, how do you eat clean if you're buying your food in a grocery store? I mean, you got to read the labels, but you do. So here's a couple of things that I learned that I thought was were really clever is one, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. <laughs> and that applies to, you know, medications as well. Um, and, and organic doesn't necessarily always mean organic. I mean, you really got to kind of do a little digging. And so one of the best things people can do is buy from a, a local farmer's market or get to know local farmers and ranchers and things are going to get a lot more difficult with the great reset plan to get us all eating bugs and fake synthetic meats. So if you look at a label, it should have very few ingredients and they should be understandable. You know, like say cream, <laughs> it's milk. It's, you know, if it's got 20 ingredients, you don't want to eat that. And another rule of thumb is to not shop the center aisles, to shop the produce, the deli, get to know your butcher if you eat meat, um, you know, fish, salmon, farm raised you don't want, you want wild caught. And a lot of this stuff, I mean, it's, it's in my book. You can Google it if you don't want to buy a book. Just a little bit of education can take some of the toxic elements out. Also, food colorings are a huge issue. Right. A lot of people are allergic to them. Like yes. you know, yellow dye number four and red dye number two. If it's got a natural way of coloring it, uh, that's that's fine. But when you see those red number four, they're no good. None of them. Um, and a lot of people feed that stuff to their kids because it's so appealing to give your kid a red you know, muffin or whatever. And, and then high sugar content and all the different ways that sugar slides in to the um, ingredient list, you know, under different names. And just looking at the top three ingredients is also really important. Those top three ingredients should not be sugar, a coloring or an additive. They should not be a preservative like BHA, BHT, you know, Right. Uh, carrageenan, which I think was banned, but I see it all the time on food labels. Avoiding GMOs, genetically modified foods, which are supposed to be labeled. Now, I live in California where they get away with, I want to say murder, but. Yeah. Oh, I remember ten, well, I was about 10 years ago and I, and I covered this on the radio a little bit. And that was, there was this, they were trying to get this put on the. Uh, um, I guess like a plebiscite or a referendum in California, because you do a lot of those. Uh, yeah. They wanted to get on an, sort of an honesty in food labeling law in California. So you could really tell whether you had uh, GMOs. And of course, all of the big companies, uh, you know, put their money into the, uh, you know, opposing the bill and it was defeated, I believe. Right. I can't, Yeah, it was. Yeah. And you would think California sort of, you know, land of the natural, healthy mm. people. And yet, our 
governor and our people in, in state government, they are very much beholden to industry. I don't care if it's pharmaceutical, uh, you know, agribusiness, GMO, whatever. They're very industry oriented. They're not people or consumer oriented. And a lot of times what ends up happening is people have filed lawsuits of some sort, but those don't tend to work. So yeah, we do have these, um, you know, every time we vote, we have maybe five or 10 different re referendums. And another thing that happens is that they're written in such a confusing, manipulative way that sometimes you vote yes for something you think is good and you actually shot it down. So that's, that's another tactic that they use. But <clears throat> I've been trying to eat really clean. I don't necessarily say that you have to eat plant-based, but if you're going to eat meat, you've got to find good grass-fed, you know, pasture-fed. And like I said, going to farmer's markets and getting to know locally who your ranchers and farmers are, that's going to be your best way to assure that you're getting quality foods. Go into your big box grocery store. It's a crapshoot. And something could be slapped with an organic label. And you have no clue whether that's really true. Because there's some give or take even with organic labeling. So let's talk about genetically modified organisms and, and, and food. And um, one of the difficult things, I mean, corn obviously is a huge mm -hmm. GMO uh, product. Uh, but corn is in everything. It is. Corn yeah. syrup and corn meal. Right. It's so hard to avoid. It is. It is. And I think at some point you might have to just admit that you can't purge yourself <laughs> or avoid. Because again, you don't know if you're eating a GMO ear of corn because they don't have to label it, honestly. Uh, grow your own. But like you said, soil is an issue. We have such nutrient depleted soil that it, now I live in an area where a lot of people grow food. Um, they're, they're, it's suburban, but you know, you got to go out and buy some good soil and set up a whole planting bed. And, and I think if you're out in the country, maybe your soil might be a little bit better, but, uh, when you go to the grocery store and again, where you shop, there are healthier stores. One of the, one of the biggest heartbreaks for me was learning that, um, our whole food store was just as bad at misrepresenting organic or non-GMO, non-GMO. And then I found out later it's because they had been bought out by a larger corporation. And so that's another problem. You think I'm going to my, you know, big health food store, but not realizing that they're owned by the same corporation that you're, you know, typical I don't know what stores you have in your area, but the name stores that people normally right. go to. So sometimes, um, like my son and his girlfriend, they love to go. She's Mexican. They love to go to little Mexican store, uh, stores and produce places and get really like locally grown, you know. And But not a lot of people want to do that. A lot of people want to do Instacart or home delivery of the food. So you're not going to get that selection. Yeah, I don't think you can avoid it, but you can certainly bring it down several notches. Right. So you know? 
the issue with um, GMOs, is it the glyphosates that are, because these these plants are designed to be what they call Roundup ready so that they can be yeah. sprayed with these herbicides and these insecticides right. and it won't kill the plant. So basically they're absorbing the Roundup that, that they're, they're, they're spraying on these, on these crops. Uh, is it well, like you said, the corn is in everything. I think glyphosate is in everything. And, and I remember reading not too long ago that um, it is the number one deadliest chemical quote unquote that we have to be concerned about now there are over eleven thousand lawsuits against roundup and maker other makers of herbicides because you've got pesticides you've got herbicides you've got fungicides so that's part of the gmo problem is is what they're sprayed with and an herbicide is not to get rid of the bugs an herbicide is to get rid of weeds and other invasive plants that might you know not allow your plants to grow. But the other problem is when you genetically modify anything, we don't know what the long-term responses in our body are going to be to that. We don't know what is that doing to us genetically. Um, and that's one of the issues I have with, with the mRNA vaccine, which I refuse to take is whenever you modify something on a genetic basis, you're kind of messing with something that we don't yet 100% understand. Yes, it increases the output of food. We could feed more people. But 20 years from now, are they going to be getting some weird genetic diseases that you know we don't know about until we're 20 years down the road? So, And then it's just the idea that you don't have a choice. If you want to make a choice, I do. I'm okay buying GMO food. I'm not okay. I'm not going to buy it. That should be your choice. So that's being removed by these powerful agribusiness and corporations that are, you know, putting a lot of money behind these bills to shoot them down so that you can't have a choice. You go into a store, you see produce, it's not labeled GMO or otherwise. And you assume it doesn't say GMO, so it must be okay. Yeah, it seems like Monsanto wants a monopoly on on food. They want to they want to be the only you know food provider in the world. We'll take a quick time out. Marie D. Jones stays with us, the author of Toxin Nation: The Poisoning of Our Air, Water, Food, and Bodies. Back with more of our conversation right after these. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. 
Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Marie, we were talking about Monsanto and um, and we were talking about these, you know, these powerful groups that oppose honesty and labeling, food labeling and so forth. Right. Uh, talk to me about the problem with uh, as you know, there seems to be this revolving door between, you know, organizations or companies like Monsanto and the FDA, the people that yes. are supposed to be protecting, yeah. right? Uh, you know, and, the and consumer, watching the consumer, and watching out for our health. When you have this revolving door, the, the people that head the FDA are often from Monsanto. Exactly. Um, but before that, I want to tell you a really quick story that I found out about a week ago that horrified me. A friend told me about a friend of his, her and her husband were growing food on their property. They have about two acres. And there was a farm next to them that clearly was under Monsanto control that oversprayed pesticides and herbicides, destroyed all of his friends' crops and ruined the soil so they cannot grow anything on it for a couple of years. They were devastated. And I'm hearing that more and more. Uh, Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland. I mean, he's, he's the biggest owner of farmland in the United States. And we're hearing a lot of stories of small farms that are being forced to use GMO seeds. And if they don't, they get the pesticide overspray <laughs> And, and that's, to me, is just, I mean, we're literally watching small, healthy farmers being wiped out. But as you said, a lot of that has to do with the um, being in bed with the Food and Drug Administration. And that also includes the EPA. I hate to tell people, but these large oversight bodies tend to favor industry and not the consumers, even if they were put in place originally to protect the consumers. And we saw with the FDA that, you know, some of their board members have left to go head up Pfizer and other pharmaceutical giants and vice versa. <laughs> and maybe that's why certain drugs and vaccines get approval without having to go through all the normal hoops that they do. And the same thing happens with our food our water, our air. So anytime you have a government body overseeing, you can be sure, I will say 100%, you can be sure that some of those people, maybe not all, but some are going to be in bed with, with the very industries that they're supposed to be regulating and supervising and keeping an eye on. Well, there was a, a whistleblower uh, from Health Canada, which is kind of, not exactly our FDA, but they're supposed to, again, mm -hmm. you know, safeguard uh, the consumer. And uh, Dr. Chopra um, passed away a few years ago, but he came forward and said that in health, at Health Canada, they refer to these companies that they're supposed to be regulating as their clients. Yeah. I mean, you would think yeah. it should be more of an adversarial type relationship, but they're- they well. <laughs> The FDA, I think, gets up to 50 or possibly even more than 50% of its funding from pharmaceutical companies. And, and, and that's very open. It's, it's almost like they don't care that the public knows it. And I'm sure it's probably the same for Health Canada. 
who's paying their bills, you know, who's funding their research and their public health uh, work. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not good <laughs> because we don't have a whole lot of people that work for us or fight for us. And the ones that we do are being banned, blocked, censored, deplatformed, um, children's health defense, Mercola, uh, natural news. There's so many entities that are trying to fight for us, the consumer, and they are being censored every that, you know, at every turn, why, you know, why? Well, well <laughs> the plan to keep us not people talk about depopulation. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think ideally they would, they would like to have the population reducing, yeah. but not all at once. I think the plan isn't, isn't necessarily to depopulate. It's just to have us chronically ill all the time. Yeah. And they make so much money. Every, depression medication, every anxiety medication, every cholesterol medication, every vaccine, and every single one is another opportunity for them to make a billion dollars in profits. And that's, they don't want to cure cancer. Are you kidding? That's a cash cow. They don't want to cure diabetes. That's a huge cash cow. And, and so you have to take control yourself i think i think this is where it's all going sort of like we you know before uh rockefeller came along in the night early 1920s and literally changed medicine from natural health to what we have now <laughs> um you know people looked for natural ways to to be healthy and i think we're seeing a return to that but there's a lot of kickback and, and fighting and pushing against that from industry because they don't want to lose, you know, they're investors. They don't want to lose all that money. You were talking about, you know, big pharma and, and um, statins, for example, uh, oh. which are supposed to battle, you know, cholesterol, except now there is some serious questions as to whether cholesterol is the culprit in heart disease. Exactly. Some yeah. Suggesting it's too much iron in the blood and, there are other other you know issues, inflammation and things like that. Yes, Doctors, sugar. <laughs> it's like they want everybody, virtually everybody. They're quite open about it. They think everybody should be on statins, and the side including effects, kids, the side effects are horrible. Yeah, yeah, and I was put on statins probably about thirty years ago. I just turned sixty, so it's like, oh my god, thirty years ago, I really bought into all this. And uh, because I went in and had a blood test and I had high cholesterol. Well, at the time, that's all you heard. Oh, high cholesterol. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to have a stroke. And I took them and they were awful. Muscle cramping, uh, stomach pain. Stop taking them. My cholesterol has been high since. One of the things that brought it down was pomegranate juice, um, hibiscus tea, de-stressing, meditation. I mean, there are other things to do than take these drugs that the side effects the list of side effects is longer than the list of benefits and i get the biggest kick i don't know where you are if they have the pharmaceutical commercials where they have to list the side effects in the right. end right and if you listen sometimes can cause death you know and i'm thinking who in their right mind would take this to get rid of some eczema 
but this one side effect is death. It's, yeah. it's homicide, crazy. suicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I read a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't done a lot of research yet, but I was very shocked that I think it was either it was a large, respectful organization like Harvard Health um, or, you know, one of the medical journals talking about how we've been treating depression yes. by using, you know, SSRIs and, and adjusting your serotonin levels when brain chemicals may have absolutely nothing to do with depression. It may be more gut oriented, microbiome. And I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. And many people have suspected yeah. this for many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, uh, I had a, I have a frequent guest on my, my other radio show, Dr. Peter Bregan, who's been writing about this. Oh yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and also there's a, I, uh, her name escapes me, but she wrote a book about, uh, I think Prozac, Pandora's box or panacea or something. I can't remember her name. And, mm -hmm. uh, she's a, she's a court, an expert uh, witness, uh, in many of these mass shootings. The yes. invariably, it seems like the, the shooters were taking some kind of an SSRI and, and that is one of the side effects. I mean, they, when they administer these drugs to mice, white mice, they turn into. They get aggressive. Oh, violent. very aggressive. Yeah. They either take their own, well, people on SSRIs, often they take their own lives or if they don't, they yeah. lash out and they kill other people. Yeah. When my son was young, he had a lot of emotional problems from, from having to have a lot of surgeries, just a lot of fear and anxiety. And so, you know, I did what I thought you're supposed to do. And I took him to a psychiatrist and a doctor da, 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 and they put him on all kinds of drugs that changed his personality, made him psychotic. He was like 10 at the time. Luckily he realized and I realized, got him off, and I got him off the drugs. And he later told me, he "Goes, mom, I had already stopped taking them because I didn't like the way they made me feel." I could have lost my son mm. because the only way that these people knew how to deal with a child going through trauma was with take a freaking pill, pop a pill, because that's the easy way for all of us. Oh, you have cholesterol problems because you're 80 pounds overweight. You don't exercise. You eat, sh you know, sugar, which causes constant inflammation. You don't want to deal with any of that stuff. Take a pill, take a pill. You'll be fine. And what these pills do, what pharmaceuticals do is they only treat symptoms. Yes. They treat the cause so you're always going to have those. I remember being put on a blood pressure medication and being told I had to be on it for life. And when I started to look at the side effects, I was horrified. And I said, no, I gained like 30 pounds. And they kept saying, no, it doesn't cause weight gain. And I went online and I looked at actual studies in medical journals and weight gain, weight gain, weight gain. And I said, how are you helping my blood pressure by making me take this where I'm going to put on weight? Oh, you know, you're going to be on it for the rest of your life or you might have a heart attack or stroke. Well, <laughs> might have a heart attack or a stroke from that extra weight. It's insane. But we live in a world of easy, you know, take the easy way out, take a pill because it's really hard to change your diet. And your exercise and, and meditate and de-stress. Oh, nobody has time for that. And I used to be like that. I'm, I never will take another pharmaceutical. Never. 
Marie, we're going to take another time out. We'll come back and continue to delve into Toxin Nation, the poisoning of our air, water, food, and bodies. Don't go away. The truth will set you free. 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 But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Marie Jones, Toxin Nation, the poisoning of our air, water, food, and bodies. Uh, I think for the first time in, I don't know how long, the, the, um, the lifespan of, a, of the average American yeah. is actually falling. I mean, you would think with all of these potions <laughs> and medications <laughs> and that we'd be, we would be getting healthier, um, yeah. but we're not. We're getting, we're, everybody I know has some, I don't know, they're constantly tired and they're stressed and they're, they're sick. Their bodies are wearing out. What's going on? Well, so one of the things that I, that I thought was really interesting was the ways that toxins come into our lives and our environment. So we either ingest them, we inhale them, we absorb them through the skin or we inject them. And if you think about that, that covers an awful lot of, of things that we interact with. And when I was writing the book, I really wanted to think about a day in the life of, like from the time that I get up in the morning and, you know, what, what toxins might be present, you get out of bed, there's toxins in your mattress. They can be, you know, organic dust mites and things like that, but there's also flame retardants and other chemicals that your mattress and your pillow and your sheets are treated with. You get up and make a cup of coffee. Are you buying coffee that has mold in it? And most coffees do, unless you're buying really good, high quality uh, coffee, you're probably consuming some mold. You know, the water you drink, I found something to, What's in a glass of water? I found this this morning, you know, and we were always told, oh, your your tap water is fine because it's got minerals that you need. Well, here's what's in your glass of tap water, arsenic, radioactive contaminants, pesticides, nitrates, hormones, uh, fluoride, calcium, chromium, lead, pharmaceuticals. Wow. A lot of them, aluminum and something called THMs, trihalomethanes. And I was thinking about, um, since we're all taking pharmaceuticals, that waste goes into the water. So basically I could say, I'm never going to take another pharmaceutical, but if I drink and I don't know the bottled water is any better than tap water, um, I'm going to be absorbing pharmaceuticals and also hormones. So we've got girls that are going into puberty years and years younger than ever before. We've got boys that are growing, you know, not huge breasts, but breasts. And we've got fish that have both genders and all kinds of things like that. Um, So just if you sit down and go through your day, you're going to be shocked. It may be a little horrified, especially if you work indoors, because indoor air pollution, I think is, especially during COVID, probably contributed to more sickness and death than COVID may have. Indoor air pollution is deadly and you just you do you know bottled water the bottles the plastics that leach into the water every single thing that you do throughout the day you can find toxins that are related to it 
you build a new house, you put in flooring, you've got volatile organic compounds, you're inhaling. Yeah. So writing the book was really depressing. Yeah, it seems almost hopeless. But, you know, Visible Ink and, and my publisher, Roger, the reason why we wanted to do it was it is really depressing and it is really scary. But if you don't know any of this, you can't change any of it. So maybe you can't change the air pollution on the way to your job, your commute, but maybe, you know, your indoor air pollution, but maybe you could buy a good air cleaner with a HEPA filter or a vacuum cleaner. You could buy certain types of house plants, like the snake plant that are great for getting rid of, of uh, indoor air pollution. So as, as depressing as it is, it really is about educating. Because the more you know, there are mattresses, pillows, sheets, coffees, water, there, everything that you go through your day with, there are alternatives. They may be a little more expensive. They may be a little harder to find. And in some cases, you might want to give them up completely. Like, you know, coffee. I mean, I love coffee. I used to drink eight cups a day. I'm down to one. And I make sure that I buy from somebody that I know. Is, is putting out high quality, fair trade, shade grown, you know, the best coffee in the world. And it's expensive. So only have one cup a day to make it last. But, you know, especially for our children, the things that we feed them, the clothing that we put on them that has flame retardant chemicals in it, just the knowledge can help you make better choices. Yes. Um, the other thing is, of course, we are, we are swimming every day through this electronic smog. Yeah. Dirty electricity from appliances. There's uh, now I just got a, um, a promo sent to my uh, text. We, my, my uh, cell phone provider is called Kudo and uh, they just sent me this special deal on upgrading to 5g. Um. And um, so I know that you write about 5G in the book, and this was pretty controversial when it came out. And of course, it was dismissed as a crazy conspiracy theory that 5G somehow can uh, and uh, can act upon the cells in our body and actually yeah. promote certain viruses. And so some were suggesting that 5G was causing COVID and there were stories of people ripping 5G cell towers out of the ground in, in Europe. I saw the videos that were very interesting. I saw one, and it, I think it was in Wales, where the guy opened up one of the boxes and it said COV-19. Wow. Now, I, I don't know, but it, it, looked, it was uh, put out right at the beginning of COVID. One interesting thing that happened here in my area, and I know in other parts of the, of the world, during the initial lockdowns, uh, you know, Verizon and all the other phone companies were very busy putting up 5G towers. While we were locked down, a number of them went up around elementary schools. A number of them went up and they try to hide them in trees, but you can see them. They're very obvious. <clears throat> so if you don't want something to be called a conspiracy, why on earth would you put up thousands of 5G towers at a time when everybody else was locked down because we didn't, well, nobody wanted to die. Right. It was insane. The number of cell phone or uh, 5G, you know, they put the, the boxes and it was just crazy. Every in Italy, 
some of the places that COVID broke out in first, the Wuhan area, Italy, you know, some of the countries where you first heard about it were the ones where they were testing the 5G networks. I thought that was really interesting. Can you just walk us through, in a very rudimentary way, the the science behind this idea that 5G could be affecting our cells and, and, and causing us to be more susceptible to these viruses? So apparently it's a different, it's a microwave frequency that is, now we know that microwaves, like the ones we have in our homes, we know what they do to water cells in food and in water molecules and in our body, they change them. So apparently with 5G, it's a, it's a microwave frequency that has been scientifically proven to disrupt the molecular structure of animals, you know, in studies that they've done, um, on a cellular level, they've seen what it can do. So the idea is if you blanket the sky with this, with this frequency, everybody is going to be affected. I mean, it's not like, oh, well, I only need it for my home. So, you know, it's not going to be that powerful. Well, 5G doesn't work that way. It literally is like a sky net. It blankets the sky with this very particular frequency. And what happened is at the very beginning of the 5G rollout, there were some declarations that were signed by tens of thousands of scientists, doctors, researchers. And I think it was presented to the UN and the World Health Organization saying, do not do this. We all look at all the research we have showing that this could be a real issue, that it, it causes inflammation. It, it expands your current inflammation in your body. It destroys the immune system, this, that, and the other thing. And they were just virtually ignored. Why? Because the WHO and the UN, and, and they're all pro-industry. They're never going to do what is right for the people, and they never have. Uh, but 5G is just, you know, the, the latest iteration. Before that, we had 4G, 3G. Uh, I mean, if we say no to 5G, are we any better off, really? I think 5G was where they sort of amplified the effects. I mean, first of all, we know there's a lot of research showing that cell phones and, you know, EM fields from smart devices and, and anything, our computers, I mean, none of it is really good for our brains and cell phones, especially because we hold them so close. Um, but 5G kind of kicked it up a notch. So 2, 3, 4G, <clears throat> I'm sure they have their own damaging effects, but there was something different about 5G. Toxin Nation, the poisoning of our air, water, food, and bodies. Um, I mean, are you hopeful at all that, you know, as more of this information comes out and, and people really seem to be, you know, thank God for the internet, I guess, in one regard, and that is people now, and this is, this annoys doctors, we know this because, you know, patients come in and they say, I think I have this, and reading this online and, and so forth. But there does seem to be this groundswell of people starting finally to take responsibility for their own health, push back against big pharma uh, and, and, and the, you know, the, the medical tyranny now that we're seeing. Are you at all yeah. hopeful that we're going to turn this around and maybe return to more of a, a, a holistic 
maybe even a homeopathic sort of approach to? Yeah, I'm always hopeful. I'm a positive, upbeat person. So when I write books like this, I have to counter them by writing the book I wrote after, which is a natural health manual, because I, I said to my publisher, I, I can't leave people feeling suicidal. So we, you know, we did this book where we sort of took everything and gave it the natural spin. Um, yeah, I'm very hopeful. And I'm seeing a lot of people moving in that direction. But guess what? Every time we move in that direction, the industries and the corporations push back harder. But so like what happened with in Canada with the vaccine mandates and the trucker protests and everything, um, it's like we're pushing back against them now bigger and bigger and bigger. And a lot of people are going off the grid. A lot of people are saying, screw you, I'm not taking another drug. Um, yeah, I'm very hopeful. I'm always hopeful because I think knowledge is power. And there is censorship and, and I've been blocked and banned and censored. I've had my Facebook account taken for six months, taken down. But the information always manages to find a way out there. The truth always kind of finds its little wiggle room and gets through. It takes a while sometimes, but yeah, I'm definitely hopeful. How do we get a copy of Toxin Nation, Marie? It's wherever books are sold online. If there are any brick and mortar bookstores left. And um, it's also an ebook. I'm not. It might be an audio book too, but I know it's it's digital imprint. And uh, just so that people can have you know a nice resource, as you mentioned, that the next book that came out after is that available now? The uh... it is out. Yeah, it's called Natural Health: Your Complete Guide to Natural Remedies and Mindful Wellbeing. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, the usual, and it came out in May. All right. So read Toxin Nation. That way you're. <laughs> You're forewarned and forearmed, yeah. and then then follow that up with uh, the natural health uh, book that you've written. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of hope in that book. And I literally follow so much of what I research too. So Fantastic. Marie, great to see you and speak with you again. Thank you. Great to talk to you. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 